Have you ever asked yourself the question, why am I so discouraged? Or why am I so sad? These words also came from David in Psalms 42, followed by this, I will put my hope in God. I will praise his name again, my savior and my God. David was a man after God's own heart. He wrote songs of rejoicing, yet he fought depression. Yes, a man who took down the biggest giant in history, battled the giant of mental health. Today, you're going to meet a man after God's own heart, Pastor Jeremy Nippard. He's the director of four missions, which is the discipleship and revitalization strategy of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Newfoundland. And he's now speaking out about his own mental health and is challenging us all to embrace the need and take down the biggest giant in our history. Welcome to this segment of Contagious Courage with BN King. Well, welcome Pastor Jeremy Nippard, all the way from my home province of Newfoundland. Thank you so much for being here today. So excited. Yes, yes. I'm so glad uh, to have you here. So could you tell us, first of all, about four missions and why you're passionate about us? Give us a little bit of background. Yeah, uh, well, I'm going to try to answer this in priority. So first of all, I'm a disciple. I'm someone God is absolutely crazy about. He thinks I'm funny and cute and he loves my personality. And uh, after that, I'm a husband and I'm a dad. I have this beautiful family that God's given me, my wife, Cheryl, and two kids, Kristen and Carter. And after that, I'm, uh, I'm a pastor and I've been directing for mission, which is really just means director of discipleship. There's nothing I'm more passionate about than discipleship. I love to write and sing and kayak and all those things, but um, nothing fuels me more than seeing people come alive uh, about who they are in Jesus. Wow. Well, thank you for that beautiful background and a, a little bit more about that. Um, so with the four missions and what you do with discipleship, what is one challenge maybe that you have faced uh, that took you by surprise? Yeah. So faced and really still facing. <laughs> And uh, I wrote an article about this challenge uh, back probably a few months ago called Embrace the Need. When this COVID-19 lockdown happened back in March of 2020, I lost a lot of things. And I think a lot of people will relate to this. I lost the work-life balance. I lost my task list, which is something that's very important to me. And I really just lost a sense of normal. And uh, I didn't know it at the time, but I was grieving. And I had no idea how to process that grief, that loss of the sense of normal. So um, <laughs> I had no idea where I'd be next month, much less in a year or five years. And I'm, I'm a planner. I love to plan. And even my sense of identity as a pastor became a big question mark, right? And at the time, I didn't know what anxiety was. And I'd never experienced, I guess, crippling anxiety before. But I started having these really intense panic attacks. And, you know, I do this spiritual direction thing. So I have a lot of routines that I, I normally engage, uh, like prayer and meditation, going for a walk, eating the right foods, trying to get a lot of sleep. And none of my normal routines were really helping me. And it was really disorienting, a really helpless feeling. And after a couple of weeks of this constant anxiety, I did what I should have done all along. And I invited other people into my process and started mm -hmm. telling my story. I embraced the need. And this is really what the article was all about. So I got honest with my wife, with my coworkers, with my prayer partners. I sought out a professional counselor to help me see things I couldn't see on my own. 
and I started my path to wellness again. Wow. Wow. What, what was the vibe of people around you? Like during that, you said like when you brought other people in, but like, tell us about even just that process of stepping out and asking for help or, or saying like, I need help. Like that must've been like, tell us about that. Yeah. And it is really hard because I'm full transparency. Okay. I'm a control person. I like to have all the details of my life in order. I like to, like I said, I have very strict routines and habits and things. So for me to, um, I guess, not be uh, self-dependent and being the director in discipleship and his denomination, you know, taking that step and confessing that, you know, right now I'm going through something that, that I just, I can't control on my own and I need, I need to involve others. It was a very big step and a very challenging step. Fortunately, I already have the people in my life who uh, all I had to do was reach out, right? They're already wow. there. I already had great contacts and a great work environment and great counselors who were available. It was just a matter of having the courage to take that step mm -hmm. and say, yeah. I'm not going to do this on my own. Wow, that's very brave of you. I want to know, like, what is the biggest lie that has <laughs> threatened your faith or leadership journey in and through this process? Yeah, there's two really. One is that I have to be in control of everything. Mm. And the oh. second lie, and maybe this is related, is the lie that you're not enough. Mm. Someone out there needs to hear this right now. Like Satan means the accuser. That's, that's like the meaning of the name. So yeah. you're, you're, going to, you're going to encounter this where you're, you feel accused. You feel like I'm just not enough. I, who am I to lead discipleship in a denomination? Who am I to you know, be there for pastors and churches to encourage and equip them. So thank you, Pastor Jeremy, for sharing that. And like, you're at the, you're at the head of, of like this religion that we're supposed to have it all together. <laughs> what would you say is the biggest barrier to removing stigma about asking help regarding mental health, like especially in your position and like a society as a whole, like just asking for help with our struggles in general. Like, what do you think it's going to take? What is the biggest barrier? Yeah, so full disclosure, I'm not a professional counselor. Right. I, I, like I took the required courses in Bible college, but I'm by no means a professional in mental health. I'm just a student, just a learner and someone who's been through the journey. But I will say this anecdotally, okay? From my context in Newfoundland, in, in church, in, you know, in religion, as you put it, I think the greatest barrier for us is the viewpoint that mental health is a spiritual problem. Oh, and preach. You need, you need to listen to Joanne Goodwin talk about this because she is yes, really, yes. Yeah, she knows what she's talking about uh, and you'll laugh a lot, which is a bonus too. But I've heard it said so many times, right? Like you, if you have a mental health problem or issue or, or you're, you're asking, inquiring about mental health, people will say, well, are you reading your Bible or uh, are you praying? And, you know, they'll spiritualize it. Well, there must be something wrong with you spiritually because you're, you're encountering mental health uh, problems and issues, but <laughs> Yeah, I think a more holistic approach to discipleship is necessary where we start viewing all of our lives as spiritual. Yes. Okay. So like your spiritual growth isn't just reading your Bible and praying and going to church and fellowship. Spiritual growth is mental wellness. Mm -hmm. Spiritual growth is physical wellness. Spiritual yeah. growth is growing in your competencies. It's growing in your uh, your knowledge and awareness of your giftings and the things that strengthen you, it's growing in your relationships. That's yeah. all spiritual and all yeah. of life is spiritual. So it's all yeah. connected. 
Yeah, I, I think we bifurcate too quickly, right? Well, you're, you're mentally unwell, so just read your Bible and pray more. No, like there's specific skills and specific people who God has to help you with that area of your discipleship. Oh, so, so yes, we all struggle in some form or another. And I think the more uh, we can be real and open about it uh, so that those barriers and stigmas can come down, we will be better as a society. Um, but moving on from that, uh, I want to ask you, what's your favorite story of transformation or impact? Like, my, honestly, my favorite, I could throw it so many bouquets right now, okay, because there's so much good happening. I think God is doing some very uh, amazing work in the church and mental health. I'll just tell you one from, from right now, and then I'll get to my actual favorite, okay? Okay. So my favorite thing that's happening right now is um, Pastor Bob Jones has this course called Sanctuary Course. And he's Love training pastors all the time. Yeah, he's, he's just awesome. Yeah. Everybody he's just, loves he, Bob. Yeah, he's training, he's training pastors all the time. So I threw this out to uh, my denomination, to the pastors who are in Pentecostal Assemblies in Newfoundland Labrador. And we had 20 jump on right away and say, yeah, this is something we're interested in learning oh, about. Good. Tell us more. So like pastors and the church and denominations are waking up to the importance of this and their hearts are in it. And I feel like God by his spirit is leading us into a different place when it comes to our our awareness and I guess our mission also in our communities in terms of mental health. But my favorite story of transformation and impact is actually the story of Jesus's baptism. Mm. I know this is a bit of a scenic group, but so literally literally, like Jesus has been making furniture, right? And he's been living in Nazareth and he hasn't been doing anything really spectacular for the past 30 years of his life. And he comes out of the wilderness and he's baptized. And God says, like, you know, the spirit of light on him as, as a dove and the voice comes from heaven. He says, this is my son who I love. With him, I am well pleased. And I think that is something that everybody needs to hear and not just hear it from scripture and from God, you know, in prayer, which is really important. But I think everybody, uh, whether you're struggling with mental health or not, needs to hear this from another person. And I don't mean like in an unhealthy way where you're looking for affirmation from another person. But yeah. you have to have somebody in your life who will look at you the way that God looks at you and say, look, God is saying okay. to you, you are his son or daughter who he loves. And with you, he is well pleased. This is how Jesus launches out into this ministry. That's how he begins and ends his mission with wow. this unwavering conviction that his father is crazy about him. And for wow. me, that is the greatest impact story of all time. And that is the greatest impact on our lives and our ministries is is waking up to that realization over and over again and having people in your life to do that for you. Wow. You know what? I I feel that actually we should stop here. There's people watching. If you're in the room with somebody, I want you to turn to them and say that Jesus is crazy about you. And I'm going to say it to Jeremy. I want you to say it to whoever you are listening with. And if you are listening by yourself, I want you to say this over yourself. And I'm going to say it to Pastor Jeremy. Pastor Jeremy, crazy about you and by golly he is so pleased with you and what an amazing thank you for 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 enlightening us with that that is beautiful and I think that every everybody does yes you're right everybody needs to hear and feel that today so thank you for that Whew. um wow that's that's beautiful I love that love it um but from all the challenges or experiences that you've had in your journey what life lesson, or maybe two, if you want, uh, has made the greatest impact on the way you live your life or even lead? 
Yes, this is related. I'm really glad you asked that. I was pretty broken up after one ministry experience a few years ago, and uh, I was ready to quit. I sat in my office and I wrote the letter and pastors will know what I'm talking about. And let me clarify, I loved the church I was at. This was a circumstance completely out of my control, completely unrelated to my ministry there, which if you've been listening, this is usually how God is sanctifying me, right? <laughs> Things are out of my control. And I didn't know how to move forward. And this guy came into my life, Larry Soper, and he was actually my lead pastor. And he was this person for me. He told me on the regular how proud God was of me. And he gave me opportunities and he pushed me to believe more of who Christ was in me. And I realized being discipled by Larry that God had these people for me all along the way. And this is really important. I refuse to go without people like that in my life all the time. So good. Oswald Chambers wrote My Utmost for His Highest. And there's this devotion in there where he says, here's how you grow spiritually. You trust God and you do the next right thing that you know you should do. It doesn't sound like profound wisdom, but it's really profound wisdom. <laughs> so it begins with, the, with the trusting God, right? Like you have, you have to actually believe that you can pour your complaint to him. You can be completely yourself before God. And he's crazy about you. Yes. No what you say, like the more honest you are, the better, because you're being yourself before God. Just like, just like David, right? Encouraged himself in the Lord. That's a great first step. Oh, good. Pour out your complaint, just like he did in the Psalms and, and believe that God has got you. And after that, I think for a lot of people, that next right step is a person. Mm. Yes. Like, yes. yeah, it might be take a nap, you know, uh, eat some good food, do something that you enjoy. Those are all like, if, if you're in that place where you're feeling completely overwhelmed, like I'm sure your, your professional counselors will tell you, you have to, you have to do the next right thing. And, and I think one of those critical steps is reaching out to a person. Right. That's actually a great segue into my next question. Um, but there are people that, I mean, almost everywhere you turn now, there are people overwhelmed and especially during COVID and, and the anxiety is, is through the roof, right? And um, there's just so, so many people, so many more people feeling overwhelmed. Uh, yeah. But what are some daily habits uh, that you have found that help you keep focused or motivated and doing the next right thing is a good first step. Was there anything else that maybe you would like to add to that? I'm so delighted you asked because you know I'm a list person, right? So <laughs> this is actually, I have, actually have this on my task list every day. And I've told my boss, Gary, to keep me accountable to this list because it's as important as anything I do at work. Living God's story every day. Mm. That's checkbox one. And for me, that means living in the scriptures, right? Like every day living in the story of God. Dwelling in Christ every day, not just saying a perfunctory bed, bedtime prayer, but actually getting alone, getting still, getting where I can listen and being in him, right? So good. That place where it's just you and God and you can hear him say that to you. That's so yes. important. Yeah, so good. I love my wife and kids tangibly every day. Reflect gratefully and without judgment on my life, thoughts, and behaviors. Repeat that. <laughs> I'm here to say that. Reflect gratefully and without judgment on my life, thoughts, and behaviors every day. Oh, God. That's an ancient oh. spiritual practice, but it's so relevant. Yeah, every, every child of God should be doing that. It's so life-giving. 
yes. uh, exercise every day. And this one is the bottom of the list, but if you've been listening to the whole interview today, you know it's the most important. Reach out to a friend every day. Wow, wow. These things are on my task list. They're things that I have to check those boxes because if I don't, it won't go well for me. <laughs> Yeah, no. And you know what, Pastor Jeremy, I'm going to ask you to send me that little checklist because I want to put that in as a resource for somebody because that's a great first step to be like, well, I don't even know how to make lists, you know, like I'm not a list person or whatever, or even have that one step that they could do. I, I would like for you to send me that so I can, I can give that uh, as a resource as well. Um, what would be like some parting words, some final thoughts uh, that you believe will help someone who is currently facing some overwhelming challenges, or even maybe afraid to, to step out. Yeah, so I really felt it when I wrote this. And I think these words are, are inspired by the spirit for this time. So this is actually the end of my article. Don't buy the lie that you have to do this alone, or that there's no one you can trust who wants to help you bear your burden. Your problems are probably not unique. I don't think mine were. Take off your mask, call up your colleague, let that elder fulfill their God-given calling to pray for and encourage you. Solicit advice and mentoring. Embrace life-giving corporate disciplines. Access that available counseling. Pour out your complaint before God. Oh, that, that is remarkable. I love that. At the end of the day, we just want people to be real and open. Let's be a safe place for people. So, so people who need to feel connected don't feel that they have to hide or they don't feel isolated even more. And, and Pastor Jeremy, I commend you. I commend you for the courage to, to stand and not only face this giant of mental health in your own life, um, but you are implementing initiatives and challenging others to embrace this need and take down the biggest giant in our society. And so thank you so much for helping me share this today. So glad to be here. So glad to be uh, partnering with you in that journey. Yes. And we would love to connect with you. I know Pastor Jeremy would love to hear from you if you've been encouraged or if you have questions. He'll try to respond in his busy schedule, but it, it's, it, you know, it's nice just to be able to reach out and even just encourage each other, right? Because no matter who you are, we still want to know that, you know, we're being seen and heard and we're doing a great job or you've been impacted. That story never gets old. Well, thank you so much for watching. And until next time, all this left to say is, and Sarah is going to take us out with the final word. Thank you, Sarah. Not to us, O oh Lord, not to us, but to you and your name goes all the honor and glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. Welcome, Pastor Jeremy Nippert. He, that's hard for new. It's going to help you for sure. Seeing me like, Definitely. I'm not going to feel bad at all about rambling. That's excellent. Yeah.